So where where is the commonality in that with us as human beings? I mean, when we talk about our personal lives. Well, I mean, with with all the episodes we've talked about in the past, with starting with why different business strategies, business tools, etc., right? We've we've hinted at these being transferable into other areas of our life outside of just business. Right? Mm-hmm. But we've never really delved into how that happens. And so the reason the, the reason we're doing this episode and talking about this is how do these business tools and everything that we can apply in our business spill over and be applied in relationships, marriages, families, in our personal journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love the way you put it as being the CEO of your own life, right? The wording's there for a reason. Right. <laughs> because at the end of the day... There has to be some commonality there for that. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Welcome to this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm Andy McDowell, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. Coming to you from Atlanta here on a Tuesday. Hope your week's going well. You had a great Labor Day weekend wherever you are in the United States. If you are in the United States, you might be somewhere else. But here in the United States, we're celebrating Labor Day weekend, which usually marks the end of the summer and beginning of fall and football and Still 95 degrees outside, though. Well, it is in Atlanta. (laughs) So today we're going to sort of, how do I put this? We're going to put a bow tie or string a number of things that we've talked about over various episodes in hopes that we can connect the dots for people. So we've talked about a number of business terms or concepts that you could use in your own life. To help you help you out as the CEO of your life. Well, we're gonna go explain as to why, which is another episode we did about the word why. Why do those concepts work mm-hmm. within somebody's life? Does that sound all right? Sounds great. Go down that rabbit hole. Go down that rabbit hole. Y'all get to join us on the journey of us brainstorming about this. We seem to have a lot more discovery with that 
than coming up with a staunch outline. So y'all hang tight with us. And We're continuing our experiment. We'll, we'll do our best for our, our brainstorming to generate some value there, not just in business, but right. also, again, throughout every area of your life. And how does that tie in? Right. So to to start that journey, I think we have to start as to ask the question, why does businesses exist? Always start with why. But, I mean, there's something I talk to people about all the time is, you know, business 101 is find a need and fill it, right? So the, the reason businesses exist are to, to provide a product, a needed product, a solution, fix a problem. Well, I think I've said this on one episode or two previous episodes. One of the major questions you have to answer when you own or running a business is the, the make or buy decision, mm-hmm. right? So you have a particular need, and that need be maybe because you need something to solve a problem or you're trying to reach a goal or in business you might have to satisfy a regulatory need or something of that nature. There's there's different needs that you might have as a business. And in the business is there, as you said, to solve the need. Mm-hmm. But let's let's go way back in time. Go back to that conversation we had about twenty minutes ago. Long time ago. Right. So back in the days of the of the caveman kind of eras, everybody was responsible for providing for their own family, right? Right. Let's go find a cave or a means of shelter, and we're going to go out hunting for animals and gathering plants and whatnot to satisfy the most basic needs we have as human beings, right? Right. Food in the belly and be able to survive what Mother Nature throws at you. But at some point, somebody had to make the decision or, or say, um, I don't have enough time mm-hmm. to do all that. And somebody else said, I do have the time right. to do some of these things. And not only do it for my own family, but do it for others. Mm-hmm. And that's how the barter system came about, right? Right. I'll trade you two pigs for two chickens. Right? Mm-hmm. So somehow they felt like they were of the same value, satisfied needs. I need some pork chops on my plate. Right. I need some chicken on my plate for dinner kind of thing. And the barter system was created. Right. Which was then, of course, replaced with currency because the barter system had a few flaws. If you didn't need two pigs and only needed one, we were at a difference in value, or if I didn't need mm-hmm. pigs, but you were offering me chickens, mm-hmm. but one didn't need the other, there's an inherent problem there. Right. And the person that did have what you need might be way on down the road. Right. And so somebody came up with the currency system to say, let's create something that's of a known value that everybody can have and can use in that trading process. Right, which... You know, allowed people to also buy smaller portions or not the whole pig if their family only needed a butt roast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will. And so then businesses were created where 
Somebody had the time to make, like I said before, to either gather or make more than what they needed for their own family and they could trade it or barter it or take currency eventually for the extras that the other person or other family didn't have time to do for themselves. Right. And now as time's gone on, life has gotten more complicated, right? So now it's potentially businesses filling something where there's a skill that's lacking or something that somebody can't do or doesn't know how to. Right. For example, right, you know, in what you do, people want to achieve their business goals, want to reach further in their businesses, reach higher levels, and they're stuck and don't know how to. And you fill that need or fix that problem, Mm -hmm. if you will. But because the business was created, as time went on down the road, these areas of business got created to help the business succeed. Things like the finance department, the marketing department, the product management, the product development department, the production department. All these departments or functions got created in order for the business to be successful. Mm -hmm. As businesses evolved over the thousands of years. But it all came down to what, like we said in the beginning, was to satisfy a need. Right. We we only have a certain amount of resources in our possession or in our family or whatever. But we have an ability through currency to go find somebody that, that made the time. Right. To have those resources. And a business was created. So where where is the commonality in that with us as human beings? I mean, when we talk about our personal lives. Well, I mean, with with all the episodes we've talked about in the past, with starting with why different business strategies, business tools, etc., right? We've we've hinted at these being transferable into other areas of our life outside of just business. Right, but mm-hmm. we've never really delved into how that happens. And so the reason the, the reason we're doing this episode and talking about this is how do these business tools and everything that we can apply in our business spill over and be applied in relationships, marriages, families, in our personal journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love the way you put it as being the CEO of your own life, right? Wording's there for a reason. Right. (laughs) Because at the end of the day... There has to be some commonality there for that. This is a poor example, but I'll use it anyway. (laughs) You know, a a virus virus moves from livestock to human beings. Or a bat. Or a bat or whatever. (laughs) Maybe it's an inappropriate time to bring it up, but we'll we'll, we'll run with it anyway. (laughs) There has to be some kind of linkage there in what the virus can do in a pig or a bat or a chicken or cow or horse, whatever, to make that jump to human beings to have a very different DNA. See, that standpoint, right? There's some linkage there. So there's got to be a linkage between our personal lives and business and businesses for that those constructs, concepts, and so forth to be able to work in our own lives. Right. So if businesses are fulfilling a need, mm-hmm. then in our own personal life, 
There has to be needs that we're filling. There's needs outside of ourselves and inside ourselves mm-hmm. that exist that you can then start applying these business concepts to your own life mm-hmm. to go deal with those needs. Right. I mean, on the surface, we've kind of already talked about this going back to cavemen and everything. Our our surface level needs, food, shelter, water, mm-hmm. clothing, in today's world, transportation. Because if you don't have transportation, good luck in today's world. Right. Well, particularly the way we lay out our cities and towns. Right. We That's a whole other topic. If you've never visited Atlanta, but that's coming from a native Georgian, I mm-hmm. can say that. But then now means of communication, et cetera. Our needs have evolved over time, just on the surface level, just our physical needs. Mm-hmm. But then we get into the deeper level needs, the emotional needs, right? The spiritual needs. Right. So, I mean, one, a big thing that we're seeing that used to not be so prevalent is people are really starting to acknowledge the need to be seen and heard and acknowledged, but validated. That's a big one. Well, validated from the perspective that you are seen. Right. Without judgment, there's no, to be seen means I'm not here to judge that, but just to, to understand it. Right. So that, that's a big one. I mean, hence why social media is such a big deal now. Yes. Right. Again, going back to filling a need. Well, yeah. what's the phrase you, you need to have a witness to your life? Right. I mean, I'm sure a few decades ago, nobody thought. Facebook would ever do what it do or become what it is now. Yeah, but it, but it goes down even. But if you know, ask the ask need. the question why again why why is that right? You know, because it all boils down to love, right? People want to be seen and at least have the perception of an audience and being loved. Somehow, the more likes and everything else that you get, it means people are showing you love, right? Whether that's true or not, that's what they think. So, if, if I think it's the social experiment on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It goes into the whole psychology of how social media loops us in and hits on those human need points and the emotional triggers and stuff. It's it's scary and interesting all at the same time, actually. The, the psychology behind Facebook, if you will. Yes. As we, we as human beings... Uh, need to receive love and need to give it. Right. For for somebody else to receive it, it has to be given from somebody else. Right. Right. It's kind of like there has to be deposits before there's withdrawals in a bank account. There's also a need for a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Community. Community. I belong to a family. I belong to some organization. Right. I belong to some community. I belong to something. Because in that in that belonging, there's a root of love, right. right? There's a need to be part of, we use the word community, but I love putting it this way, is a need to be part of something bigger than just ourselves. Right. Why that is bigger than just us. You're contributing. Right. You're contributing to a cause. Because natu- You're participating and contributing. Naturally, we're communal creatures. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, again, let's go back to caveman days. 
there were families, but then oftentimes there were tribes, right? Which just a plug, great book, go read it. (laughs) But there were tribes and they were, they, they were communal, right? They had people who were hunters, people who were gatherers to, you know, they had warriors, right? Protectors, things like that Mm -hmm. for their tribe. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say it was more so on on the female side than the male side. Mm-hmm. You, you might have hunting parties for for the males, but but just by by nature of masculinity and femininity, community is stronger in the femininity. Well, you know, a much more of a communal sense that we all have to work together to mm-hmm. help out the whole cause here. But I digress. <laughs> But again, the, the same as business fulfilling those needs is we fulfill those needs as individuals and for groups, for communities, mm-hmm. right? So in, in what ways are the business tools that we've talked about transferable? What's the bridge there, if you will? But it's all about needs. Right. About solving problems or achieving goals or whatever it may be. The common linkage is about needs mm-hmm. and desires, needs and desires. So with that linkage there, you can then start taking these business principles and applying them mm-hmm. to your own life, right? So regardless if you're a single person or you're in a family, you need to have a household income. Mm-hmm. So you have to go generate some value out in the world in terms of your skills and talents that a business could use in order to bring income into the household to then put food on the table and a roof over your head. And I think you just made a great point without purposely making it, or maybe you did it on purpose, but I've heard it put this way. Um, A very successful entrepreneur and business leader, his name's Ian Pruckner, did a podcast just about money. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so many people view it as currency, as a means to get what they want. He flipped it on its head and basically put it out there in the podcast that money is a direct reflection of how much value that you generate in this world for how many people. Yes. Well, it goes back to what I've said often that money is a tool. Right. It's not the end all, the end all. Money is a tool. So if you're a business, if you're in, in a business and you find a problem that a lot of people in this world have and are looking for an answer, you're going to generate more value in the world by bringing that solution. And you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be willing to give you money mm-hmm. as that tool, that bartering tool in exchange for the answer you're bringing to the marketplace which is the whole flipping world. Right. Right. So hence the name of my business and hence the name of this podcast is generating value. Right. right? So generating value means that it's valuable. It's worthy, so to speak, what out in, in the marketplace, out in the world, a world that has needs. And hence the reason why these business constructs work in your personal life. Mm-hmm. You may have to tweak them a little bit because personal life is not a business. Right. But you can bring that construct. So one of them we talked about was the SWOT analysis. 
Strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. Very common, been around forever in terms of a business strategy tool. But you take uh, opportunity, replace it with love and threat, and replace it with fear. Now all of a sudden you can apply it to your personal life as a life strategy. What are my strengths as a human being? What are my weaknesses? Right. Where are my loves and passions? I want to go leverage those out in the world, whether it be through my career, my hobbies, family life, whatever it may be. And then threats. What are things that could disrupt us living our life? Mm -hmm. The biggest of which is fear. What are we afraid of in our life that's going to hold us back? Is a threat to us living a joyful, happy, successful life. It's a simple business construct, but because we're living in a world where human beings have needs, it works. Mm -hmm. What about product management? What is product management? Let's start with that. Even though we did an episode on it. I mean, multiple facets, but... It's about the development of a product. It's about identifying those needs. Well, the... Starting with R and D, the need for the product, mm-hmm. and then what's it going to take to then solve that? Right. Can you make what's, a product out of it? Can you do it in such a way you can make right. money at it? And what's the effectiveness, etc.? Then when you launch the product, how do we get it to market? It's the management of making sure it's successful, right? Through right. marketing and advertisement, and sales, and everything else. So how how, how does that apply to your personal life? First, you have to define what your personal product is, if you will. How are you going to contribute and deliver a solution? Right. Let's just call it value. To the needs of the world. Right. Right. Or some sector of the world. Right. Whether it be a community, a family, or yourself, like we talked about. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what is the need you're trying to fill in? The interesting thing with life is it's never constant. So this this could always change. The need for the product could always change. Or evolve. Right. So being able to identify again, doing research and development, identifying, okay, what what do I what problems do I want to solve? Mm-hmm. I mean, let let's use it on the individual level. Is what problems do I have within myself or within my own life that I need to fix, solve, or get better at, if you will? And then develop a, developing a way to, to get to that goal or to eliminate that problem even. Mm-hmm. That can also apply to a marriage, Right. Well, it can apply to everything right. in life, your spiritual life, your physical life, your relationship life, etc. Every phase of it. Right. That's where program management comes in. Here's a business concept about, if you don't, don't know what that is, we have an episode on it, but program is pulling together a whole set of functions within a business to tackle a very complex problem. Right. Like life. Life is very complex. Going back to So the, you can use a program management strategy in 
leading your life or living your life. Going back to this. And generating value in the world in all those aspects, spiritual, relationship, physical. I see the gears moving over there. What's going on? I'll let you know. (laughs) But no, with that, so we'd we'd go back to the episode program management, which very much so ties into the system of systems. Yes. Right. The, because heck, I would say life is more complex than a business all day, every day. Right. I would say it has more. If you were going to take diamond as an example, mm-hmm. the way you cut the diamond, you can have all kinds of little facets, right? Mm-hmm. To make it sparkly. Mm-hmm. I think life has a lot more of those right. facets than a business does. Right. And so being able, I think the best way to put this simply is not compartmentalizing, right? Letting these tools and what we apply to, if we will, our friendships potentially flow over into marriage, flow into our communities, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're all a system of themselves. Yes. Right? But all those systems work together to build our life. Well, to make life exist and right. function without a whole lot of chaos in the world. Right. Because again, the, the, every one of those pieces is a department of your quote unquote business that's filling a specific function to allow the others to function properly. Or your industry. Right. A lot of different other industries which have to contribute to your industry to make your industry work. Awkward pause. I know. (laughs) To edit out or not. (laughs) But I think the the important part, and the reason why we, we talk about these things, is that, is to be cognizant of it. Mm -hmm. To be intentional about it. To look at one's life in in sort of this optical way, if you will. Right. Like if we go back to something that, you know, my brain likes to make loops and go Mm -hmm. back to stuff. (laughs) But going back to the SWOT analysis, how simple that actually is. And, you know, we were talking about some life stuff earlier, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think many people do this is actually do a SWOT analysis of their life and the different systems of their lives, right? Because, for example, in a business, you can go in and do a SWOT analysis of every single department. Heck, every single employee of every single department, right? Same thing with your life. I think, you know, we we were having a conversation about this. On your birthday, mm-hmm. actually, right? That sometimes yep. you have to fire those employees, right? If they're not fulfilling their duties, for example, I mean, if you have a, a data processor, right, or an accountant that's not doing their job, they get fired. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in life in our relationships is how do we run that business? Are we letting our employees run our business into the ground? Or are we acting as a strong CEO and acknowledging, okay, here's here's areas of weakness, right? Here's here's our strengths in this department. You know, maybe if we're talking about marriage, you know, we're great at, we're great in this department, 
but our weaknesses here, which typically in that context, I've found being on number two now, and it's the last one, but <laughs> that oftentimes our strengths are because those areas we're doing based in love, right? It's the love versus fear scenario. Mm-hmm. And then the things we're weakest at, we typically don't face. And this actually goes way more than marriage, but we typically don't face because of fear. Yes. We try to sweep it under the rug and never work on it. And so then there's this just... There but it can, doesn't go away. And that's right. why it can be a disruption or a threat right. if you put in a, your life. This is going to be a very morbid analogy. I'm sorry. But <laughs> okay, if you have a dead body and you put it under your living room rug, guess mm-hmm. what? There's it's still a massive st- lump in your rug and it's going to start stinking after some time. It's going to start stinking after a while. Exactly. Right. And then it, we won't go into the rest. But, but if you want to know about the decomposition of a corpse, go look it up. I'm not going to talk about it on here. But it's still there. And I love that. And I actually love that analogy now because it does start stinking. It starts to become worse and worse and worse and more of a problem, even though you try to cover it up. So doing that SWOT analysis in our life actually leads to the product management, which leads to the program management, right? So that we can basically identify, all right, here, here's our love areas, here's our strengths, couple those together. Now, just like in business, you don't neglect those areas, right? You continue to foster those, you continue to well, keep you'd those hope so. running, right? You can, you can still neglect them. It's your choice. Well, no, but, but you, to be successful is what I'm saying. Yes, to be successful, you right, have for, to pay attention. Yeah. Right, you still pay attention to those areas, but then you start to say, okay, that's running well, but these two areas where our weaknesses are, again, which if we're not dealing with them, a lot of people do sweep them under the rug, are based in fear. Mm-hmm. So how do we make sure that we don't have that smelly decomposing body in one of our areas of life? Well, first of all, you got to identify it. Right. Which is where the SWOT analysis helps. Right. Right. And to at least identify it. And always asking the biggest question. Why? Exactly. Well, the question you asked before that is what's holding me back from living the life that I want for myself? That's question number one. That helps you you put the, the bullets in the threat box or the fear box. Right, I'm being held then back. With each, then each bullet item, you didn't have to go ask why. Right. Because it's through asking that question and getting the answer that helps you to find a solution to maybe move that item out of the threat slash fear box and into a love slash opportunity box. Right. Because it's not holding you back anymore. Right. Now it becomes an opportunity for you in your life. And I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording is we've both gone through a process of that SWOT analysis, if you will, right? In our Mm -hmm. own lives with our own issues. Yes. And first, again, acknowledging what is the problem? What's holding me back? What's causing this erosion of an area that should, that I need to be functioning? But it's all got to start. And we talked a lot about this in our self-leadership episode. And going back to the rubber dinghy versus the motorboat analogy is deciding for yourself that you're worthy 
and deserve mm-hmm. joy and happiness in your life. Which it's amazing on that topic, because I know I've dealt with it myself, is that imposter syndrome. I think we all deal with it, mm-hmm. right? Because we, I mean, as kids, God, I can't tell you, as kids, I look around and how many times do kids get told no, right? Now, this is not a parenting course telling you to always tell your kids yes. That is a terrible idea. <laughs> We're not going there. No, but... My point in saying that is as kids in our entire life growing up, while we're being molded, Mm -hmm. right, we're told no, no, no. There's plenty of times kids, you can't do this. You're not good at that, right? Instead of letting them try to get better or instead of saying, yes, you can do that. Well, there's appropriateness of saying no's as long as the no's are helping to form the sandbox of life. To say, if you're going to lead a, a joyful, happy, successful life in how life is on this earth, mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to help them through values and so forth. Build that sandbox, right? And then once that sandbox is built in their minds, then you encourage them to go do what you want, mm-hmm. go what makes do what makes you happy in this world. Stay in right. the sandbox. But you're free to go do whatever you want in that sandbox. Right. And it's just so many people, I think, have this ingrained imposter syndrome because at some point, somebody in their life that wasn't living out their why, that wasn't doing what they were passionate about, what they wanted, mm-hmm. they did. They were not who they wanted to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Told them, you're not going to be who you want to be because I'm not going to be who I want to be. Look where you came from. Right. And so struggling with that, you've making the decision that I deserve fulfillment in life. Like you're saying, I deserve to be successful, whatever success is success for everybody's different. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, heck a homeless person that has ultimate joy in what he's doing could be successful in his own context. Right. But it's, it's a belief Talking again, going back to the self leadership, it's a belief that you you can be the CEO of a successful business called your life. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the what's the best thing a parent can be to a child? Is an example, mm-hmm. a model, right? So, but one of the best things a parent can do for a child is to have self leadership in their own life, right, and be living the life. That brings them joy and happiness and be that model for their kids. Mm-hmm. The kids can say, I'm going to do it just like mom and dad did because look where they went. Right. And, ha- and, and be, that, be that model for them. And then for the parents to then not only be the model, but then be the encourager to mm-hmm. go, have them go chase their dreams. Right. I will say that about parenting. Right. I won't go beyond that. <laughs> We're not going to get into. I haven't been the best parent, but discipline and it's debate. it's harder to do than it is to say, right? Right. Kids don't come with a manual, so neither does parenting. Right. I, God, I know as a kid, if I'd have had me as if I have me as a kid, I might kill him. So there's that. <laughs> Pray for us, Andy, when it comes to Megan and I having kids that I don't get a I don't get a me. 
So, again, SWOT analyses, patience, one of Zach's opportunity areas. Uh-huh. So. Or an opportunity for growth. Right. Well, it's not you hard. have some, maybe not enough, but it's you not, have it's some. It's not hard to grow a mustard seed size. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Just being honest. And again, going back to that, you have to be able to be honest with yourself. But I digress on that, but. But you have to be intentional. Right. Well, first of all, it has to be the desire that I want to live out the life mm-hmm. that I want for myself, that I deserve it. And then identifying why, why or what is holding you back, right? Why am I not there? What is holding me back? Well, I would say that would be step three. Step two is what is it, right? For, so first one is I deserve it, so I'm going to right. go after it. I'm going to be intentional in my life. Step two then is, well, what does that life look like? Identifying it. And then step three is, well, what's holding me back? Right. Well, that's your that's that's your that's your opportunity love box and right. your threat fear box. Right. But then step we, three is what's holding me back. Number two is what does it look like? Where's my opportunity in that SWAT box? But then we get to then move into the other ones we talked about, which is if you will, research and development. Right. Mm-hmm. What? Where's? Where are? Really what makes me happy? Right, thank you. <laughs> you have to go try things to go and have some experiences. Right. And they may be scary. And they may be scary. Right. It may be a fear-based area. It may be one of the threat areas, even. I don't know. I don't know if riding a bike brings me joy and happiness unless until I go try it. To experience right. it. It's like talking to a little kid. It's like, you know, they turn down food and, you know, you've never tried it before. I don't mm-hmm. like it. How do you know? I don't like the looks of it. Right. It looks like it tastes bad. Right. Oh, so it looks like that, but you have no idea because you haven't actually tasted it. Right. Well, that goes back to the, the you know, the story of the CEO that went skydiving that I was talking about mm-hmm. before we started recording is jumping out of a plane was you know, paralyzing fear for him. And then once he got up with an instructor, they jumped and they're, they're falling through the air and he's trying to say something. I, 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 and he just can't talk. Mm-hmm. But once they reach the ground safely, the instructor asked him, you know, what, what are you, what were you trying to say? He said, I'm proud of myself. He said, I overcame the fear and I found that that was the most exhilarating experience of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, through the act of courage, or an energy level of courage, moved from a fear basis to a love basis. Right. And then once you develop what you're going to accomplish, it's, again, moving into having program management. What areas are going to help you accomplish that? What departments Mm -hmm. are necessary, if that makes sense? Well, that naturally comes out of, I mean, when you run into business, you're establishing a strategy first and then from that strategy you go build departments processes functions necessary to execute on that strategy right that's where your product management comes in your program management and so forth right but until you become introspective want to own your life be the ceo of your life and sit down and put a strategy together for your life using a SWOT analysis as one tool in doing that, mm-hmm. then you have 
you're you're going to be living in a world of chaos where you don't know where to go focus your time. Mm-hmm. It's the hail, hail Mary pass strategy. Well, again, it goes. I'll back. just go along. I'll just it goes back get in my dinghy, dinghy in the yeah, ocean exactly. and just float around, and see where life takes me. Right. I take you somewhere nice, but might take odds you are against you. Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, whereas again, being being able to be in that motorboat and control where you're going with first having vision, right? If you will, seeing what you want your life to look like, knowing what you want your life to look like. Your fuel for the boat. Right. Is intention. Right. There's, God, I can't remember the verse, but there's a Bible verse that says, you know, without vision, the people will perish. Mm -hmm. Right. And having a defined vision, Right, and I feel like most a lot of people definitely struggle with that. Is they, you know, for example, in in the business world, because that's where we sp- we both spend a lot of our time. But people say, "I want to make a lot of money." What do you mean? To a starving child in Africa, one dollar may be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right, it's having about you know, context at right? that point. I mean, Think and Grow Rich talks about having a specific dollar amount you want in your hand by a certain date, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, telling God, telling the universe exactly what you want, specifically. Then moving, like you said, with intention, the fuel for your boat, powering that boat along to your destination. Mm-hmm. Because... Monitoring your progress as you go along. Right. Right. Doing assessments as you're going along. Right. Am I on track? Am I on track? Am I on track? Right. That's your GPS, right? Showing you if you're on on route, right? And as as we talked in our, I think we did two episodes in business strategy, there's assumptions built into that. Mm -hmm. Right. Assuming that you're going to have clear weather, (laughs) right? If we're using the boat analogy and then, okay, there's a storm that knocks us off course. How do we correct? How do we adjust our business strategy? Well, you might have a big assumption, and I think this activity is going to bring me a lot of joy and happiness. I like the looks of it from afar, but I've never done it. Right. But I'm going to set an intention to go do it, assuming that it's going to bring me joy and happiness. Right. And then you go do the activity, and you finish it and go, hmm, nope, didn't do anything for me. It's kind of like eating at that restaurant going. Okay. That that means that that assumption is no longer valid. Right. And I now need to tweak my life strategy. Right. And it doesn't matter where you're at in life is the crazy part. Right. It's it's valid every single day of your life. Well, where I was going with this is like when you and I did that, we're on that board for the young entrepreneurial class Mm -hmm. that our esteemed former guest Chris Lalamia put, put on, which was, I think is an awesome idea. Yep. Shout out to Chris on that. But, you know, you're looking at these kids that are going, are in college or going into college mm-hmm. and they have their entire life in front of them, right? To figure out what exactly makes them happy. And you remember some of the questions were, well, what do I do to find out you know, what, what, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Go try shit. (laughs) 
Well, they think right? they, I mean, when they're cho- choosing a major at college, they think, I'm going to have a love and passion for this topic, whether it be engineering or business or right. English lit or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so they, they pick a college and a curriculum based on that. And then they get into their freshman year and they start taking classes and they come out and go, nope, mm-hmm. not for me. That's what my brother did. Ended up switching colleges and switching majors after his first year because he went, nope, not yeah. for me. Well, it was the same thing with me. My first year at college, I was poli-sci international affairs. Once I got in and learned about poli-sci international affairs, it was, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Not so much that I wasn't even passionate about it, more so I was like, this is really a dirty space. I'm, I'm good. Right, but once again, you were invalidating an assumption right. in your business strategy or your right. life strategy. And you had to tweak it. Mm-hmm. You had to change course a little bit. But you didn't know that until you went out and started experiencing it. Right. And that's what, you know, teenagehood, 20s is all about is trying to experience things and doing a lot of tweaking or changing of your life strategy based off of what you found out. Right. Because you were coming up onto experiences in life you were doing for the first time. Right. That's, you know, we talk about the seasons of life. That's a season of life where a lot of introspection should be done. Right. Which unfortunately, getting into mentorship and things like that, a ton of late teens and 20-something-year-olds don't have that. They don't have somebody to say, you don't have to do what your parents told you to do. Mm-hmm. I see so many people in the workforce that, I've got a great job, I make great money, but they're miserable. Because it has nothing to do with their passion, right? Well, it's about the impact of leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of le- leadership are the parents providing to their kids? Right. Are they leading them to live a life of love or is it a life of fear? That's a big question. Are their decisions fear-based of what might happen if I don't do this? Well, a life of intention, a life of vulnerability, a life of introspection. And all that's okay. It's okay to have some fears in your life. First part is identifying it and then two is doing something about it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because if you say I have zero fears, you're probably fooling yourself. <laughs> I'd like to meet a person who has no fear. Right. Truly no Truly fear. Truly no fear. So, like... That's a person at peace. Total peace. Right. If you have no fears whatsoever. I want to shake that man or woman's hand. <laughs> and then have a very long conversation with them. Well, there's probably less than 100 people in the history of the Earth that reached... Something close to that. Right. You know, the Mahatma Gandhis and so forth in the world. Their, their entire life was filled with introspection, prayer, meditation. Yeah. And, if you will, connection. Connection in the spiritual world. Right. And I feel like with technology and everything we have now, we're actually, it, it's a huge barrier to that connection in today's world. Well, we have too many distractions. Right. People have sold us, sold us stuff that says you need this mm-hmm. when we really didn't need it. No. It's really a nice to have. We've gone down a lot of 
tangents today. We have. This is what happens when we brainstorm on episodes. <laughs> but I hope these tangents have tangible nuggets and value in them. I feel that they do because... Well, I think, like I said, I think it brings a bow tie to a number of episodes we've done with little right. snippets here and there, sort of put it put it together in a big picture mm -hmm. in saying that you need to be the CEO of your life, go after what you first at least perceive and eventually achieve in joy and happiness and success in your life. Mm -hmm. But you got to come come to the table with a an attitude of intention. Right. Self-discovery through experience. Mm-hmm. That you then use to put together a life strategy and all these other business tools to help you go achieve it. Right. And have a successful, joyful, and happy life. You know, by the way, there's there's these things in textbooks and so forth and sitting in folders and manuals and corporations around the world that can be used to help you achieve that. And that's what we're trying to shine a huge light on right. here at Generate Your Value. There are things out there that have been used for years that you can use in your own life to help you achieve that joy, happiness, and success. Mm -hmm. Just got to want it. Know what you want, have intention to get it. And, and go generate your value. Wake up every day with an intention to live out your why, be who you want to be. And use those business tools in your life to make sure that you stay on course. Yeah, an underlying thing here we haven't said is it takes work. It takes Wait, work to run a business. What? It takes work? No. It takes work to run a business, right? So it's going to take work right. for you to do all these things in your life too. And you've got right. to carve out time in your 365 days a year to do that for yourself. Right. And that's how you how you start having self-worth for yourself is by taking mm -hmm. that time and say, I'm worth it mm -hmm. to take this time and this energy to sit down and do these exercises that are going to be my guideposts right. in leading my life. And in that, there may be some things you're doing right now. Again, self-analysis is there may be some inefficiencies there that aren't giving you enough time to put the work in. Mm-hmm. So just like with anything, you're, you may have to sacrifice to be able to do the work. There might be some things that need to either be put on the back burner mm -hmm. or be eliminated altogether for a time being. Well, just like in business, you have limiting re resources. Right. Same thing in life. Time is... Time is the biggest. The biggest and the only non-renewable. And you don't know how long. Right. Part of that analysis, I mean, you know, we know that... We, we could be gone the next minute, right? No man knows the number of his days. But that, that's another analysis too is, is, is depending on what areas you want to work on is, are the moments that you're spending filled with intention or are they adrift? How are you? I love it this way. I've heard this said about time. There's four, way, four things we can do with our time. Mm -hmm. We can waste it. We can spend it. Three, really. Or we can invest it. Yeah, I was just about, about to go speak about investment. Yeah. Because you're, you're investing finite resources in a business. Right. I have a certain amount of bucket of cash I'm starting with. 
to start this business? Where am I, where am I going to invest that money? Right. In what activities and what people? Right. Same thing in your life. You have a limited amount of time. Where am I going to invest my time mm-hmm. to lead the life that I want for myself? Right. And you can ask yourself that question with every activity you're doing it every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go invest an hour of my day to go do this. Okay. Is that activity going to serve my life? Serve my right. life plan. Serve my life strategy. If it's not, then I might have to question, why am I doing it? And it's okay to say, well, I'm going to go do it for fun, mm-hmm. for energy. And we all need that. Right. It's just a question of, are you doing too much of it? Mm-hmm. That was a lot today. It was. We probably should wrap it lot, up there. So. Lots to think about. I think we could do spinoffs on every single tangent we did, but yeah. Well, we pulled in about a dozen episodes we've done already into it. Right. So, but with that, to our listening audience, thank you so much for today spending about an hour with us. It went a little bit longer, but that's what happens when you just unpack and pray again that we generated value in your life. And if you feel that we did and that this time was well invested, that you would help spread the word, give us a like share and a follow also that button is spelled subscribe and just help us generate more value if you're you know if you want to dig deeper you know where to find us so feel free to reach out it's our why to generate value in this world as andy said Mm -hmm. right so and anything else for him no i would just i would just say starts with mindset and attitude and a life of intention that's the first step, first step in moving forward. Right. If you're, if you're lost or looking for how to start doing it in a, in a productive way and invest my time properly, that's where it starts. Right. So it starts between the, the thing between your two ears. Right. And then that thing that goes ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom in your chest. And if you can start there... It's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other intentionally, and you'll get your get yourself right. there. That's it. All right. Well, with that, y'all, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to you joining us next week. Next Tuesday for another episode. Yes. And uh, we hope you have a great day today, a great week, a productive week. An intentional good, week. An intentional week, good investment in your life. And go out there and generate your value in this world. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.